Superlight, Episode 10. Rock Hatfield, best-selling author, producer, and innovator, reads his new groundbreaking novel, Superlight. The author blends myths and ideas from the ancient astronaut theory and the Hebrew Bible to tell a story that will open the mind to new possibilities and distant worlds, all under the creation of the One. This is Superlight. Oh, I am starting to get it, Nancy says. The data collected by the humans needs to be organic. The human believes he is in charge, making all his own decisions. But if he finds out that he is really an Aetherian from space, a whole exercise becomes null and void, and the data collected becomes useless. Zia was trying to explain this, Nancy adds. The tall great we spoke with Excelsior Andriel said that all of his people in the New Empire were unconcerned about all of this. But the Aetherians in the Old Dominion were furious, because data is wealth to them. So they are losing a lot of simoleons right now. The good news for now is that the Old Dominion no longer is in control of this area of the galaxy. It is New Empire territory and is protected fiercely by the Guardian. The Big Grey Guy was a Guardian leader, Brad recalls. Walter, what we need is a mobile superlight. A set of goggles and a backpack with all the gear and power needed, so we can walk around. What do you think? Miss Barbara did say she could get us anything we need. I can do that if we can get set up to make more chips. Would be nice if we could get the production raid we have back at the lab in Boston, Walter sighs. Don't worry, I will get those, Brad says. Thank you for joining us this morning. I am Richard Jensen, and this is News Now. Breaking Now. Russian and Chinese military forces have begun to move overnight. Both Chinese and Russian ships and submarines have been observed departing their harbors and moving out to sea. Meanwhile, American surveillance planes have maintained their perch above the Straits of Japan and the North Atlantic, near the Arctic Circle. Joining me now is retired Admiral Donald Kenny Stark. Kenny, good to see you. So we have the Chinese and Russians moving numerous assets out to sea. So what do you make of all this? Well, Richard, it is unprecedented in recent memory. The last time we saw anything like this was a decade or more, just after the U.S. trade embargoes. So we have no doubt we struck a raw nerve. Admiral, where do you see all this going? Well, I think it's probably way too early to tell, but it does look like the political leadership in both China and Russia are wanting to pump up their diplomats with a little military backing. Admiral, is this a chest-beating move on the part of these superpowers, or do you think there is real reason for concern? Richard, anytime you have this many ships, planes, subs, and what have you in these areas, anything can happen. Someone can bump into you and the shooting starts. We need to go slow and take a very relaxed position on this, which I am sure my colleagues will do. Admiral Stark, thank you for joining us this morning. I am sure we will be relying on your expertise more as this situation unfolds. Just outside the city of Atlan, the huge capital of the Old Dominion is a smooth old road. A walking path, really. It is paved in the metal gold. It is known as the Road to Shiloh. The shining golden path passes through many enormous gardens that feature plants from many planets that are part of the Old Dominion. Aetherians have made the walk down this road for millions of years. The winding road makes its way up to a high mountain pass where a huge fertile valley lays between two black rock mountains, with their high peaks reaching into the clouds. At the center of all this is a vast set of structures. Greek-like buildings carved from a snow-white stone, grand pavilions, staircases that rise hundreds of feet high. This is the abode of the one, known as Shilohahim. Lucy Intel has made this walk many times. As he nears the mountain compound, he can hear the music of the one. 
A glorious chorus that lifts and inspires fills the air. He is greeted now by the Maidens of the One, a unique form of Aetherian created a little higher than the Sons of the One. They live in Shiloh and never venture far. Greetings, be not afraid, power and glory to the One. They all say in unison to Lucian Tell. Have you come to Shiloh to commune with the One? asks the Maiden. Yes, Maiden I have. I carry urgent information and seek guidance. Of course, Arc Lucian Tell. All arcs are cherished by the Father of Light. Please join us for the communion ceremony. The maidens escort Lucy and Tell to a ceremonial garden with stone tables and a grand fountain. They remove his robes and provide him with a jeweled robe and jeweled slippers. They then place a veil over his head. The maidens lead him to the doorway of the great hall. Lucy and Tell knows he cannot get to close to the one for his luminance is greater than he can withstand. You must stay at a good distance while in the presence of the one. As he climbs the stairs and enters the great hall, he can see the one is seated up on a grand stage, carved of white stone inlaid with gold and gemstone all glowing brightly. Be not afraid, peace and joy in all things, the one speaks. The voice is big and commanding, but with a calm and gentle respectfulness about it. I am pleased to be with you, my son. I can see all your recent travels and I can hear your being. It is distressed. What is troubling you? I am troubled by the fallen ones. They have allowed a mechanism to be created that undermines the balance of the old dominion. I seek your guidance, Father. The fallen ones are jeopardizing the livelihood of billions of our sons and daughters by allowing this mechanism, which was clearly outlawed by the old dominion council prior to the fallen creating their own abode in the matterverse. The fallen have taken their own path. The sons and daughters they have with them no longer observe the laws of the dominion. It is regretful, my son but Andrew L. and his fallen have the authority over their own exile. I have no desire to choose one son over another. Lucy and Tell go and work this impasse out with your brother. Be not afraid, peace and enrichment be with you, says the one. Yes, thank you, father. The light vanishes, the grand hall is empty. The maidens escort Lucy and Tell back to the garden. Thunder echoes in the mountains. Brad has made his way to the surface to meet with Captain Carpenter. Brad knocks at her door. Come in, Brad. What's on your mind, Mr. Hilliard? Everything good with your new lab? Yes, Captain, awesome. I am ready to go to work. I want to create a mobile version of the Superlight. Basically, a set of goggles and a backpack. Then we can walk around in a high freaks world. High freaks? Barbara asks. Yes, that's what I call them. They are beings operating at a high frequency. Oh, okay, Barbara says. So there is my problem. I need a key piece of gear back at the office in Boston. I know the place is crawling with feds. So do you have any ideas how we might get in and out of there unseen? Barbara picks up the phone and speaks, Stephen, show Brad the Durango. Okay, Stephen I will send Brad over to the garage. She hangs up. Go up to the hangar, and in the back is the garage. Stephen and Oscar will meet you there. The Durango, huh? I'm not even going to ask. Stephen and Oscar are waiting for Brad outside a giant garage door, at the back of the main hangar where the black mantas are kept. Okay. So we need to get into the advanced photonics lab without anyone seeing us, right? Stephen asks as he lifts a roll-up garage door. A shiny silver Dodge Durango from the 20s is setting just inside the door. Brad looks at it. What? This thing looks brand new. What year is it? Gotta be 25 years old. It's a 2022 model, the baddest one of that series, Stephen says. All right, what am I missing? Brad asks. Look inside, Oscar says. Brad opens the door and can see that the front passenger seat and rear seat has been removed. A long metal box like a foot locker is setting in their place. So, what's in the box? Brad queries. Two counter-rotating singularities. Brad just looks at Oscar. 
You mean like black hole singularities? Brad winces. Yep, Stephen says. You can use the truck to go back a few days and get your gear before anyone knew about the superlight. The only thing is the ride is freaking brutal. Oh, yeah, what do you mean? Brad asks. The singularities make a gravity field that's about three times that of Earth gravity. So you will have to sit at three Gs for a couple hours as you travel back and forth. It may not sound rough, but believe me it will wear you the fuck out. Our guys train for weeks before they jump. How far back in time will this thing go? Brad asks. It's really an open question. You could go back years, but you would have to do it steps. It's just too hard on the body to travel more than a few hours at a time. It's real easy to you, says Oscar, and it drives like a normal vehicle otherwise. We will put it in the back of a support truck and drive it to the city. You can jump back, get your gear, and jump forward and drive back to the support truck. I'll give Captain Carpenter the heads up, and we can leave tomorrow, Oscar says. Awesome, Brad high-fives Stephen and Oscar. The two small greys have been working on the software coding that controls the border net. They were able to use blocks of code from the Elo Elo Ahim to devise a workaround that will lower the net. One problem they face is a maintenance droid that arrives to fix any problems with the net. The droid will be on the spot to repair it within a minute. The Graves want to disable the net without it alerting the maintenance droids. The Old Dominion have all the software coders, just a few came with the new empire when they succeeded. So, coding is scarce. The Old Dominion has millions of Ethereans coding. Everything in the Matterverse is made of and operated on code. Many companies evolved into gigantic establishments designing everything for the Matterverse. A company known as Destinies was the first to design a Matterverse suit capable of providing an Ethereum with a method of exploring the material worlds. Their first models were organic living suits, but crude compared with the suits they make now. Some of the models are sophisticated creations utilizing billions of lines of code that is woven into the fabric of the avatar. The human body is a prime example of a completely autonomous suit. It is considered a luxury suit that provides the driver with a memorable experience. It is extremely expensive to own a suit that will last long, so only very wealthy Ethereans can buy one. Most of the human suits, among others, are owned by big companies, and these companies hire drivers to operate them to record data over the life of the suit. They use the data to improve their products. All software needed to build and run a suit has been loaded onto a chemical compound known as the Helix. The Helix has billions of lines of code downloaded onto it. The Helix can then land on any suitable planet and build a suit from the available resources it has. Numerous versions of code can be used depending on the available mineral and chemical compounds that are available on any given planet. The Greys do not have all this advanced coding available to them, so they hack what they can and look for ways to get blocks of code where they can. The code they commandeered from the Elo Elo Ah Heen will be invaluable in many applications going forward. The Greys have dropped a big section of the net a number of times, but the maintenance droids show up and close the hole. After stitching in a large block of new code, they try again. This time the net drops and no droids, they wait a few minutes, and still no droids. They put it back up as it was, they have an electric gate that they can utilize now. 3 a.m. and there is a knock on the captain's quarters. Barbara Carpenter hates to be disturbed in her sleep. She throws on a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt as she stumbles to the front door. Yes, she says, as she stands behind the door. Look for the print version of Superlight where you buy books. Superlight is part of the Atlantium Network, a collection of books, videos, and podcasts. You can find all things Atlantium on Amazon, Lulu, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook.
Until next time, power and glory to the one.